folks, you are tuned in to episode number one, the first episode of the Austin, Texas Times podcast. We've got Teddy Roosevelt here, and I am honored, humbled, and pleased to be joined by Austin podcasting legend, husband, father, hero, Mr. Brad Swale. Brad, are you there? Uh, that's not actually my name. It's not? Brad, are you switching it to Brad Roosevelt so you can contribute content on the AustinTexasTimes.com like my is that a is that a, yeah, is that a requirement? Do you have to you have to be a part of the family, be a Roosevelt? No, it's it's right it's now our staff is right now our staff is uh Clinton Clinton Rary's so busy, I think he's just a contributor. He's not officially on the staff, but he's a, he's considered one. Um I'm gonna give him like part of the company, but yeah, right now it's 100% Roosevelt's, bomb-throwing Roosevelt's, contributing content. And my sister Anna just posted another bombshell. This one actually had some proof um, about the City of Austin HR department. So I don't know if you got a chance um, to see that one. I have only seen excerpts, but no, Teddy, you, you forget that my name is Beast Wizzle, not Brad Swale. Beast Wizzle! Be swizzle. Um, Brad, how you doing? For those who don't know, first episode of the Austin Texas Times podcast, and you go go to the website, Brad might be acting against his own best interests because he is the host of the beloved um, podcast, the Austin City Councilman. And so now, Brad, you're on a competitor's show, um, but you're, you, you have an open invite to co-host it with me. Come on anytime. So I'm plugging your show. Can I, can I just... Can I just host it and not invite yeah. you and just do a solo? Okay. Kick me off. You'd have to change your last name, like, legally to Roosevelt in order to do that, but. Okay. Well, I think that's a small, that's a small price to pay. Well we, well, we could do Brad Bro Swizzle, so we could incorporate the swizzle part. Bro we'll, Swizzle, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. I, I don't want to bore our... Uh, our grow, rapidly growing audience, Brad. But one thing this people is, need to know. This is what podcasts are for. That's right. Um, weekly appearances on KLBJ are part of your repertoire, too, Brad. It's been Mondays and then Fridays, usually 9.45 a.m. Nice. 9.30. 9.30. Um, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's grown over the past, uh, I don't know how long we've been doing it, a couple of years now. Um a year and a half? I don't know. Two years? I, do, I really don't know when the first time I did it was. I think it's been two years. But yeah, I mean, of course, it's been um, about it's about a weekly thing. Started out over the phone, started going in uh, to the studio, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a dream come true. Always wanted to be on KLBJ, and look at me now. Can't stop and me now, now, as the one as the as the great Freddie Mercury once said, "Can't stop me now." That's true. And then po- in the podcast realm, I mean, you have to have, the, if if not the number one most listened to Austin-specific podcast, it's got to be up there. Um, so so it, it's on Spotify. Do you want to tell people where they can listen to the show, the podcast? Um, Apple Podcasts. It's wherever podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, I upload videos to Vimeo. I, of course, have a Patreon that you can support for $5 a month. Uh, Twitter just actually added a feature for blue subscribers. That's right. I'm a blue subscriber. Don't get too, don't be too jealous. Um, 
And you can post up to two hours of, I think, HD video. So I think I'm going to start posting the videos there. Um, but anyhow. There's uh, so much going on between uh, the, the Twitter, Twitter it, events the best and place, AI. Yeah, the best place to find it is just, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Brad Swale. At Brad Swale, S-W-A-I-L. So, Brad, we could spin the wheel of uh, Austin topics. It seems like the New York Post is doing a better job of covering Austin than the Statesman. Um, so we launched AustinTexasTimes.com to take over the entire Austin news landscape. And uh, the way Anna's throwing bombshells, and I've got a couple ready to rock here, Brad, we think that we'll be able to ink Thomas J. Henry to a three-year advertising contract in the next 10 days which would be the ultimate Jenga piece to pull out of the Austin news ecosystem. If we take Thomas Henry's business from the Statesman, they collapse within hours. Is, yeah, I guess TJH, he's on the Statesman. Um, yeah, I counted, days, TJ I, I, Brad, Brad, I, I counted 10 Thomas J. Henry ads in the Sunday Statesman. 10. 10? 10 different ads from full page to app page to Thomas J. Henry presents sports. I mean, he was in every section. And are you, are you talking to, uh, did you pick up a paper? I actually went to a library to look at the, the paper and see like how close they were to dying the statesman. You went to a, you went to a library? I have been on a tour since I've been back from Chicago and I don't have anywhere to live right now, Brad. So I've been like, camping and just going on a tour of the Travis County libraries. So in the last couple of days, some of these bombshells have been written and um, dropped from the Pflugerville library, the Cedar park library and the beautiful round rock library. What is the, what's one of your favorite library? I know we're going to talk about the news and I, I, you know, you're inviting me on, on your show, the Austin Texas times podcast and asking me, about the news, but obviously we should talk about the Austin Texas Times news. Uh, but I need to know which is your favorite library. I don't like the. I've, I've always found it like borderline impossible to park at the the big Austin Library downtown. So I very rarely. It's the worst anything. parking garage. It's the worst parking garage in Austin I've ever seen. And and you could just see all the scrapes on the poles. It's like impossible, and I have a sedan. I, I can't. I don't understand how people with a truck can get down there if they even are allowed to get down there. So They're the not Austin Public to. Library is just—it's just not conceivable. Like, if I'm going to the library, I'm going to work for like three or four hours, or I'm researching, or I want to see hey, a physical newspaper. I don't want to—I, you know, I don't want to be on the screen the whole time. So, I prefer to drive eight or ten. I'd rather drive eight or ten miles to. You know, one of the outer um, communities in Travis County, um, San Marcos. I was San Marcos Library is beautiful. I've gotten a lot of work done there. Pflugerville Library, I've gotten a lot of work done in 2023, and I was sort of close. I was in Tech Ridge, so it wasn't that. You know, it was like four miles, and it just Pflugerville is like Pleasantville compared to to Austin. So yeah, I love libraries. Um, I've been to almost everyone in Travis County, but I would say Round Rock, San Marcos, Cedar Park, Pflugerville, and then the parks. Like, I don't know, I, the Austin Greenbelts, I've got a story coming up in the next um, three days for sure. I've got okay. a couple of them. 
But the number well, of women who about, have, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this. So I don't know if you want to break that story now, and or if, you, if there's enough to talk about it. Um, well, there's just a couple. The, there's a couple stories that 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 Anna and I have been talking about, but just the number of uh, women who've been assaulted in broad daylight at the uh, on Greenbelt trails, and then the number of break-ins that are happening in park parking lots. And some of my favorite parks, man, Bull Creek and St. Edwards or whatever, you look at Google Maps, search by newest, and it's all photos. It's not photos of the trails or the screen. It's photos of broken windows. Like they came back and there's, you know, from a hike and there's eight cars that have their windows smashed. So that's another reason why I've been going to Bastrop, Pflugerville, you name it, where you can leave your car and you're not going to worry if the stuff that's in there, and they'll just break it for change. So I've yeah. got, I don't want to get into the details on that, but I, I will say, hey, I'm going to have a story about the women um, getting attacked at the green belt. I have a bombshell that I think could go national. I mentioned on episode 50 of the Teddy Roosevelt show, which was sort of the announcement of this podcast, but, uh, I've been DMing. You already had a, 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 you had one. You had a show. You had a story go national already. Uh, what item twenty three? Yes, that was covered by Harrison Smith. It was. Co- I mean, it was. It was all over. It was the biggest news in Austin for like a week. It was a that was a that was a big the biggest one I've had. But this one might go and international. Teddy, I, just so people just so people know. Okay, Teddy, I talked to you about that. You were driving back from Chicago, and you just you kind of you mentioned it. You tell me like a little bit of the detail, and I sort of look at it. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a little shady, I guess, but you know, I'm not I'm not digging into it, and whatever. It doesn't look it looks like typical Austin stuff. And you get back to Austin, and within 24 or 48 hours, you have this story out. It's as it's as insane, if not worse, than you had portrayed it when I talked to you originally, and it blows up the Austin news scene. And I I texted you and I said, Teddy, you have a real knack for this stuff. Looking at these Austin City Council agendas, and I'm sure you know it applies to other stuff as well. But the City Council agendas and finding the most crazy stuff. And you sort of blow your, I know you're going to be modest about it. Nah, it's whatever anybody could do. No, nobody, nobody else does it like you do. You do, Teddy. You took over <laughs> the Austin news scene within 24 hours of getting back from Chicago. The timing of that is pretty impressive, 1,200 miles, and then just, hey, I'm going to do this. But going to Chicago, Brad, thank you for the praise. Um, and and you know what? I told Clinton Rary the exact same. I was like, I got off the phone, I was like, Wow, Brad, it, it just didn't sink in. It just blew right over his head, uh, the, the controversy of, of this. It, he just didn't absorb the, the level of the bombshell because I talked to Clinton Rary, and he was like, holy S, explanation point when I sent it to him. He knew exactly. So I knew because he's a research guru. So I don't know what to tell you, Brad. I, I laid it out. You were one of only three people. The Rarys and you were the only people, and I called my shot. Babe was pointed over the fence. And, and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna drill this." So I'm telling you, the Austin Aquarium article. Yeah, this was the talk of the town. Item 23, 20 million bucks, almost P squared. I mean, we could get into that if people want to hear the oral version of of how it happened. But I got way bigger plans. These Austin news hacks have to understand. I am taking over 
the often news scene because these people are lying. They were they're unethical. They're refusing to provide proper attribution to who's researching and breaking these stories. And at the very least, they, they should be acknowledging, hey, the hard work of the citizen journalists has led to Austin taxpayers saving forty million dollars. Um, I mean, no, you're talking so, about, so you're talking about more than one item, right? How many uh, Sherry Matthews, fifteen million. MEA promos, yeah. $3.9 million. That was when we, I first came on your show, the Austin City Councilman, Brad. That was sort of my claim to fame in, in Austin. That was my first big thing was late August, early September, MEA promos. Drove out there, found out it was just the mailbox in Cedar Park. They just set it up as a show company, and that's the whole thing with item 23. We're not done with that. Um, they're saying that they want to add it back onto the agenda. They're like, oh, don't worry. Our staff's just going to revise it. We'll add it back onto June. The June first agenda, like where, what, how, and yeah. who who's going? John Wesley Smith, like you guys aren't even going to acknowledge the massive conflict of interest in the citizen uproar, and it was, you know, on TV, on the radio, social media, and 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 you guys had to pull it specifically for the awful optics. So, I want to know. I mean, when you have like insider racketeering or insider pool like that and cronyism, it's usually a department of justice. It's usually the feds and I don't have any faith in the feds to, to investigate it. So my plan, Brad, is just to continue to expose and bludgeon these corrupt criminals in the Austin city government with a sledgehammer um, of a website, austintexastimes.com. And we've got some major, major stories. I got my, Big sister, Anna, broke up, who, who just dropped a couple bombs. And uh, we're taking it to the next level, Brad. It, going to Chicago was actually very helpful because it made me realize, like, hey, Austin's still, still savable. You know what I mean? Austin's still, and, and as, as much as you can be upset about what's going on on a national level, federal level, and as someone who lives has lived on, on this planet for, you know, over four decades, it's very disappointing yeah. to see how much how much the United States has, has changed. But there's only so much you could do on a national level, but you can make an immediate impact on a local level. And I think right now the big thing Clinton, Rary, and I are trying to encourage is everyone to get involved. You have to understand if it hasn't sunk in, but right now the press – is actually the enemy of the American people. It's supposed to be, hey, the free press is going to provide a public service. No, they're actually lying to us. They're gaslighting us. They're saying, oh, the homeless count, Brad, actually went down, you know, or, you know, crime's not as bad as it seems, um, you know, and, 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 yeah. and, they, and they just lie, and they're political operatives. So we're witnessing during this decade the collapse of these you know, dinosaur media institutions from the 20th century, TV stations and newspapers. And now we have the, the technological tools where anyone from a Tim Pool to a Teddy Roosevelt to a Brad Swale could break a story, you know, could research it and break it. And that's why we're just encouraging. I'm not in, the, in it for the fame, the fortune, anything. It's, I want to just get back. I don't know if you can get back to normal, but Brad, I would rather have a podcast discussing hey, what concerts are you looking forward to going to see this summer? You know, I hosted a college football podcast with my brother, and we did 150 episodes. You know, I'd rather talk about something that's not as intense, but 
there, there's just an opportunity for us to just really take over the Austin news scene and put these old dinosaurs out to pasture where they belong. Now, if you are to, and it's true, you're not, you, you can't be doing it for fame because your, uh, your real name is not known. Um, but let's say I've that, never made uh, a penny. I have never made a whistleblower's fee. I've, no one's ever paid me to do this. I am just doing this all out of, it's, it's been through COVID. Like I said, Brad, when we, Back in the day when I lived by Barton Springs, Hollow Creek Drive, I didn't even know who the mayor was, I bet, but, or, or the city council person. I mean, I just voted straight Democrat down the ticket from Obama on down. So it wasn't until COVID and uh, cancel culture and everything else where I just literally feel like that meme that Elon Musk shared, like, these people are just humorless scolds that are so far from the liberal values that I embrace. That, you know, and and then they're calling people far right extremists. Like, did you see Vanessa Fuentes Twitter? Oh, the far yeah. right extremists who want to shut down Project Connect. Oh, Bill Aylshire is a far right extremist. I don't know if you see he is. He he does have the armband to prove it. Bill Aylshire. <laughs> well, I'm calling, uh, no, you know, Vanessa Bill, Fuentes. Bill Aylshire is nothing. Bill, Bill Aylshire is not right wing at all. Neither is, you know, or Houston or a lot of the people on at the Texas ledge. I mean, obviously Betancourt and those people are right is our Republicans. Truck is Republican, but it's not a universally just loved Democrat. Democrats universally love it. Republicans universally hate it. Even if Republicans did hate it, it's not what, you know, when someone like Vanessa says far right, she's, she is saying, you know, Nazi by another name. And it's not, you don't have to like, it's not extreme to not like Project Connect. It's just normal. I mean, if you, what did it, win 60-40? So like 40% of Austinites are far-right extremists? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm sure that number has changed, the number of people in Austin, Austinites, that don't like it anymore, considering how much shenanigans have been happening. You know, the, Dude, I would feel uh, so the, ripped off and misled. If you look at the initial renderings from that they were running in the Chronicle, and I have it all saved. I've got the receipts. You know, there was a beautiful downtown. You know, there's going to be, like, bands and an amphitheater, and there's, you know, you're going to be able to go from downtown to the airport to Austin FC, and you could literally maybe conceive of a future where you didn't need a car in Austin. You know, you could get around or, or, or do a lot of your stuff via public transportation, and now scale down, scale down, scale down, scale down to now – you know what? what it's going to be UT students, people who live in Riverside, Montopolis. Here's the deal, Brad. Every single place, and I was just in Chicago and saw that post-COVID and post-defund the police. Those two things. Ridership has dropped dramatically in the cities where public transportation is actually a viable source of form of public transportation. I'm talking about New York, Chicago, um, San Francisco, and LA where L.A. spent like a billion dollars on this, oh, you'll be able to go from Wilshaw Boulevard to the sea, to the ocean. Dude, there was 18 overdoses on the train in the first three months because the homeless have just taken it over. In Chicago, all the cars smell like pee because it's too cold to live outside in Chicago. If you're homeless, they ride the train. And so, so the ridership has plummeted because of safety. I think there was like, safety and numbers in these things. So 
that's the big question. It's, it's like moving ahead with a convention center. Like, dude, you guys approved that before COVID. The same exact things that they're citing for, for, for scaling down Project Connect, Brad, they should be citing to cancel the convention center expansion. It makes no sense. The whole industry trade show has collapsed. It's went to a virtual hybrid model. Um, and all, there's, a, there's a laundry list of cities that have invested billions of dollars doing the exact same. You know, well, the, <laughs> Daddy, it gets worse. The convention business hasn't recovered from the 2008 recession. That's true. So it's not, it's, it's, and in the, in the case of Austin, there's, there is really no excuse for it. I have a podcast coming out on it today for everybody. Um, but there really is no excuse for it being expanded. Um, they, it, it's not even at 50% capacity in its current size. And there's, it, it doesn't make, it's not going to make any sense. It's stupid. It, They'll argue it's the hotel occupancy tax, so, you know, we're actually not really even paying for it. Uh, it's all the out-of-counters or, you know, whatever. I guess if you are an Austinite and you go stay at a hotel, you're partly paying for it, but it's not like your property taxes or something like that. But you're still – there are other things you could use the hotel occupancy tax for. It's a limited number of things, but you could use it for other things. It doesn't have to be the convention center. Um talked to John Reedy about it. But, Teddy, I was going to ask you, so you're – your goal, your mission is to clobber the legacy media in Austin, people like uh, the Austin American Statesman, is that right? Brad, how would you feel if anonymous members of the media um, refused to give you credit, refused to give you attribution when you've been out working? Why, why are you saying anonymous? Well, I, I, they're not anonymous. They're They're known. I'm just saying... They've called me a racist because I was in that photo where the two fake Proud Boys who were Antifa guys went and did the photo. I mean, so they called me a racist. I have the people um, on the left said, oh, Teddy still lives with his mom. Like, oh, my mom who died in 2006, you're bringing my dead mom. I don't know if you guys know the rules about bringing up people's moms. And then you say, you're talking something like I'm still living with my mom. You're, you're, only, allowed to, you're only allowed to do it if they're really fat. <laughs> Megan Mitch, I mean, seriously, I, 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 I can't take you seriously if your neck sticks out more than your chin. It's not a genetic thing. It is not a, oh, I, I just I just got a, the bad, bad hand um, with my DNA. No, she is putting in more calories than she burns. So I guarantee if you saw what she puts in her mouth and then how much she moves, that's why she looks like that. So it's just sort of a metaphor for how lazy she is just in general. Well, I am no fan of Megan Menchaca's work, and she—I mean, she's she is a, a she race baits and she lies and stuff like that. Or maybe she doesn't lie. Maybe she just doesn't and the trans, bother doing yeah, it's the transgender stuff. It's all she she's a liar. That's why so I don't have any guilt about calling these. Well, what I was going to ask Teddy is. If you do destroy the Austin American Statesman, perhaps, is there anybody from the Statesman, is there any legacy media personality that you would welcome onto the website Austin, Texas Times? Basically what I'm saying is who's your favorite? Jody Barr, if he wants to come back to Austin, he would have a he would have the door open for him. No, we're Jody I'm trying Barf? to get Jody Barr from KXAN. You don't oh, remember him? Barr, okay. I don't B A R R. 
Here's the deal. I don't want Austin to be a, a news desert. I don't want there to be a, it to be a news wasteland. I want, um, you know, there, there's no way after I write this article sometime between now and Memorial Day that they're going to be able to print another copy of that paper. Either that or they're not allowed to speak about the climate ever again because there's no two companies in Austin, you could argue, that have a worse carbon, a bigger carbon footprint that are – you know, that, that just violently rape the earth, the statesman does on a daily basis, and the Chronicle does on a weekly basis. When you look at the number of trees they slaughtered, here's the deal. The, the statesman's been published since before cars existed, since before women had the right to vote. That's why it's a patriarchal name, statesman. I mean, they should change it to statespeople.com or statesperson.com. That's one thing. Um, also, American statesperson. No way these hypocritical hacks can lecture us on the climate. When you look at the number of trees they killed, here's my question. Has anyone at the Chronicle as a company or an individual ever planted a single tree, Brad, to counteract all the trees that they've slaughtered to, to mass produce and disseminate their lies and propaganda? Uh, has anybody? Well, uh, certainly not in Austin. They're way overdue to plant trees. And then do you think they deliver the newspapers, Brad, when they're looking for carriers to deliver the thing? Do you have to have an electric vehicle or could it be gas gas or diesel powered? How do you think the Chronicle and the Statesman deliver their, their paper? You have to be a middle school boy with a bicycle, and that's the only way it gets delivered. Is that not true anymore? If Dude, it used to be, I had paper routes for, you know, kids, my friends would go on vacation. I used to love that. You know, I used to do it by foot, Brad. You know, I used to do it by foot. By foot? How Dude, old are you, like the, 100 years old? I mean, it was a couple neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the statesman is, the statesman, that was delivered by foot and horseback. Seriously, that's how old their business model is. Here's my question. If you're a Megan Manshack or a Ryan Altulo, Gen Z millennial who thinks the planet is in peril and is the defining moment of your generation or the defining issue, you t- you're telling me you looked around at every possible employer, every possible media company. You didn't go to BuzzFeed or Vice or somebody that doesn't have, you know, think about it. How ridiculous would it seem if BuzzFeed's like, yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to print out a paper version of BuzzFeed every week with our articles and quotes. It's like, dude, why are you doing that dirty, you know? And and, and, the, and we, we can already see it on our, our laptop and iPad. So I want to know. These facts have to look deep into their souls and ask if the climate is seriously in peril and, the, and it's urgent and beyond the tipping point, how can they justify working at a newspaper that has such a big carbon footprint? It's such an inefficient uh, way to deliver the news. That's my whole thing. And they have one. They they have one. Or it's a it's a like that meme with a guy. You have to push one button or the other, and you're sitting over it. You either have to shut down your paper because the news can already be delivered through the internet, or you can't lecture us on the climate ever again because you have the biggest carbon footprint in town. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I take your point. I I think they would say, you know, we. We got the online space. We're digital. We're fighting the good fight. It's the only way we can deliver our information. Some people still get, you know, newspapers. If um, you know, eighty-two-year-old uh, Anna Roosevelt, uh, 
you know, that lives off Lamar, if she doesn't get our newspaper, how is she going to know to, you know, vote for Kirk Watson and Kirk Watson is a savior and, you know, public safety is, uh, is actually good. You know, how, how is she going to know what if, she, if they don't deliver the paper? Well, here's the deal, Brad. Would you agree they're not creating any new newspaper writers under the age of 30 or new readers? Have you ever seen a 30-year-old carrying a physical paper or somebody under 30 in their 20s? There's no way. So it's not a matter of if, but when they're dying. And here's the deal. We're, what we're going to have to do is boycott their advertisers. All, they're, they're propped up, you know, PPP loans, kept the Chronicle alive, but we need to boycott our advertisers. And I don't know if it's going to be smart of me to incur the wrath of Thomas J. Henry, but I counted 10 ads for Thomas J. Henry in the, in the paper. I just want to say, hey, Thomas J. Henry, you're actually um, funding you know, the slaughter of all these trees, the oil-based ink, it's a very, very harmful for the for the earth. I'm trying to come up with a stronger um, term than earth rapers, Brad, but I think oh. earth, earth rapers, statesmen, and, and the Chronicle, that's what they're doing. There's no justification for it. So what I'm going to have to do... The Chronicle is I'm especially gonna... bad. The what? The Chronicle is especially bad. Because so many copies just never get picked up. And I would argue, I've seen more people use the Chronicle for a utilitarian purpose, like lining their parrot cage, um, you know, change, you know, lining the garage floor before they change their oil, um, packaging material, homeless toilet paper. I've seen, I've seen people just grab a stack of Chronicles to use for paper mache projects or you, you name it. So the other thing is these people, they're, the, the, the ideas, they've, they've had more, they've pushed more, you know, harmful ideas on the people of Austin in the last three years than their previous 30 years of existence. The, the, the Chronicle, defunding the police, COVID lockdowns forever. And, uh, you know, their biggest advertiser is the city of Austin. You know, I counted over a half dozen ads for the city of Austin from... Austin Public Health wants kids to download a coloring book that pushes propaganda that makes them wear masks for life. Austin Public Health is still pushing. I've got this story coming out on AustinTexasTimes.com. Wanted to give my sister's article a little bit time to marinate, but, I mean, I could drop a story every 90 minutes for the rest of the day, Brad. Um, and we're sort of having this debate on whether or not we should just do – one or two stories to let it marinate, or should we increase the frequency and just, just I, I don't know. So, so Austin well, Public it's Health. Well, the uh, Andrew Breitbart method, right, with the the Acorn scandal, you know, the 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 voter scandal, right, with Acorn. Um, it, I think that I think it was Andrew Breitbart that started the you know Project Veritas and James O'Keefe do it now, where they'll do. Like, you know, they'll release he's, something he's one day. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, right, right, project, whatever. All right, you get, you know what I'm saying. You don't got have it, to. Got it. You yeah, always correct me once um, a show for pronunciation, Brad. I just had to return the favor. Like, hey, 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 James O'Keefe is an OMG now. So, anyways, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, now now you reminded me to correct you. So, I'm going to be extra extra I'll, vigilant from now on. So, I'll miss they'll, something. you know, they'll. They'll do the they'll he'll do the thing you know release you know one segment today and then you know tomorrow or the next day 
uh, another segment, and they'll do it over the, slowly over the course of a week, let the news story build, and also stay in the news and stay in people's, you know, sort of uh, psyche, right? That's the idea behind that. Um, I like that. But and if you did it all, if you did it all at once, like one story all one day, then it would be a lot easier for people to ignore it or forget about it or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I so I, I think there's probably advantages to both. You could do it the statesman way and just talk about, you know, daylight savings freshman time volleyball, is up. the freshman freshman volleyball team in Lake Travis and how they did over the weekend. You know, stories like that to fluff your numbers. It's hilarious. No, I think we're going to do two a day from now until uh, through the rest of the month. Brad, we've got a lot. Two um, stories there's a no day. Shortage. Dude, now that my sister's involved, she's got like a, she sent me a list of seven. So she's got at least one coming every, every day for the next seven days. One coming. And I've got like five that are 80% done. So, and the, the one is, is as soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to publish the Austin Public Health one, which will shock and outrage. Because there's still so Austin Public the, Health the, wants, wants kids to wear masks, still wants kids to wear masks. That's that there, well, there's still they're still spreading rhetoric that says children who aren't vaccinated have a serious chance. Wait, what do you see? It's like we're still back in March 2020, 15 days to stop the spread. And wait, do you see this coloring book? Besides the fact they're like, hey, here's your kid's digital coloring book. OK, so what you're supposed to print it out? at home on a printer so they can color it in or what you're supposed to import the PDF into what a coloring app. I mean, what a pain in the balls. Like, Hey, let's just do a digital coloring comic book. Like how are the kids? I don't know. Are you supposed to import it into notes and draw? Like how many kids are actually going to use it? I don't know. The fact our tax dollars are still being spent to promote stuff that's unhealthy. And I mean, how, how many countless studies have come out from Fauci interviews, like, yeah, it was it was more psychologically harmful, and the mass did virtually nothing to protect these kids. And Austin Public Health is literally pushing lifetime mask wearing in all social settings at all times. Well, in May 2023, you know, Fred Cantu, everyone's everyone's favorite Uncle Fred. He's still he's still harping about uh, COVID and you know how people. How the rest of Texas were a bunch of dumb fucking MAGA hicks and couldn't, couldn't get their shit together, and that's why they died. And Austin, Texas survived because we just, you know, everyone masked up and stayed home and decimated their lives and businesses. And that's what Adler shit, kept saying. Right? That's what Adler kept saying is, oh, if if you know, all, if Texas had Austin's uh, mortality numbers, that uh, you know, we would have saved X number of lives. He never mentioned that Austin's ranked like men's health, like healthiest city or top 10 healthiest city like every single year that the study's been done so you don't think that had a had a thing to do with the lower numbers in austin adler right well I mean, it's all it's all bullshit it doesn't really matter but it's what's crazy is that they i i am not aware of the austin public health still pushing masks this will be um as you say a, a bombshell of a story and it blows my mind that they are still pushing that, especially for children, after everything we've gone through. Oh, it's, it's going to drive people. It's going to drive people up the wall when you see it. And they're still insisting, 
you know, I, the risk-reward benefit, Brad, wouldn't you say um, you have a better chance if you're an 18-year-old high school senior getting myocarditis or getting coronavirus and dying? I mean, that's the whole thing is what uh, the risk-reward for a healthy I don't healthy know what kid. the risk is. I don't, I, I don't know what the risk is for myocarditis. I know it's not zero. Um, I don't know if it's as high as some people would like you to believe, and but the, at the end of the day, it's not zero, and uh, your COVID risk is essentially zero, and so there's no there's no point in doing that. In everything else, it's not just myocarditis that the you know vaccines are uh, being associated with, right? So why you know I'm not offering medical advice, but if I was 18. I wouldn't be doing this gene therapy. No, that's the whole thing is this is a public health agency using our tax dollars to tell kids to wear masks outside at all times in social settings. Distributing this coloring book is propaganda. And it shows when you see some of the excerpts that I have, the photos, everyone in the classroom is wearing masks. And then you're coloring in, hey, what can I do? Wash my hands. Everyone should wash their hands. Disinfect services, blah, blah, blah. Wear a mask at all times. And it's like, this is not a healthy, this is a very unhealthy, harmful message to tell people. And I, I, it breaks my heart to see these 15, 16-year-old kids who are wearing masks. Like, Brad, if you're wearing a mask at age 15 every day outside right now, you're pretty much going to wear a mask for the rest of your life, don't you think? If you're still wearing a mask today on yeah. May 24th, 2023, um, I mean, there's a, if you're, I don't know, if you're 15, you probably, there's probably some influence from your, from uh, your, your parents there that's making you do that. I still see families wearing masks sometimes, but I, I rarely see an individual in the family wear a mask. It's usually the whole clan. Um I'd like to see a study uh, you know, of they'll like... Get to, they'll get to college. They'll get to college and realize that they're not going to get laid if they're wearing a mask, and they'll stop wearing it. <laughs> uh, I think the, the level of, of how vigilant you are of wearing a mask is directly correlated to how much you, you, you hate Trump. I think there's a direct link. Like, I hate Trump so much, I'm wearing this at all times. Um, so uh, I, I do have to mention, so I've got the awesome public health one coming out. Um, on AustinTexasTimes.com, and then the woman who got attacked by a lemur at the Austin Aquarium, that one might go international, Brad. That might be like a Daily Mail, uh, how is this progressive city like Austin, the home of this aquarium of horrors, and that should probably be just a separate a separate podcast just about the, 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 the two criminals who run this aquarium, Brad. It, it, it will shock and outrage you, and I think that um, we're going to get that condemned. But one thing, going back to the awesome public health, they're spending thousands of dollars a week in advertising in the Chronicle. Brad, do you think there's any single person in Austin who has not made up their mind about the vaccine or, the, or face masks? At this point, um, No. I think everyone everyone knows where they stand on that. And if yeah. they haven't gotten vaccinated, they're not going to. And frankly, I think if you have, even if you have gotten vaccinated, you're probably, I would be surprised if anybody's getting any more. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, and plus, I mean, the, I mean, we could go into, Brad, we used to talk about the virus back in the, 
day all the time, but I mean, this, this, the, the variants that are going around today have nothing to do with the variants that the vaccine was designed for. So that pretty much renders that null and void. And the, and the demand has dropped off the cliff. So that's the other thing. Wouldn't it, if Austin Public Health is truly about health, wouldn't it be better to run an ad that shows, here's all the swimming pools that are open, or, hey, we're going to cover the admission. Um, it's going to be kids' day every Tuesday. Bring your kids. Every kid under 15 gets free admission to this pool or this pool lake. We should be encouraging kids to go outside, to spend the summer. Let's do the summer outdoors, vitamin D, exercise. Kids, we apologize. We locked you down. We wasted two years, precious years of your, you know, some of the best years of your life. We're making up for it with a a whole array of summer camps and soccer tournaments and kite festivals. No, they're still pushing. Stay inside, you know, wear a face mask at all times. Stay inside. Um, get the vaccine. Like, it is the opposite of public health. And Desmar Wilkes just has to answer some questions. Like, all these conspiracy theories, and I think it's fair to use their language because this is a conspiracy theory that students must mask because they're going to spread it to their teachers and their parents and they could die or even be hospitalized. That's the rhetoric that APH is pushing on the microsite that says, be your child's hero. It's literally austintexas.gov slash page slash be your child's hero. And they're trying to shame the parents. Hey, be your child's hero. Download this coloring book. I don't know how they're going to color it in. It's, you know, on the computer, that's for you to worry about and print it out or whatever. That'll be great for the environment too. So, Brad, it, yeah. it, it's dangerous, and and Austin Public Health has to answer some questions like, why are we still talking about COVID? Why are you pushing unhealthy anti-science rhetoric that has been thoroughly debunked across the board? And you guys are acting like it's March 2020. They're probably still working from home, right? They probably haven't had a meeting. That's the other thing. You know, they're, the city of Austin uh, employees, they're protesting about, hey, we still want to work from home. It's funny. Every protest I've seen in Austin – um, the YouTube music, people in front of Cadian, gee, when they decide to protest, Brad, do they decide it would be more effective to protest from home or protest in person? What, what, what do you think would be more effective? They always decide it would be more effective to protest in person. Well, gee, would it make more sense? Well, we, were, we, were sense? we were told huh? that protesting in person was a uh, was better. It was actually good for your health. It depends on what the reason was. If George Floyd had a fentanyl and meth That's what overdose, I said. We, well, we were said, yeah, we were told that protest. We were told that the virus is going to kill you if you go outside. It's a public health emergency. You must stay inside, stay six feet away at least from everybody. Walk one way down a uh, an aisle at H E B and not the other way. Um, and if you don't, you're going to die. But Protesting in person, shoulder to shoulder, screaming without masks—that's actually more important for for your health uh, because I, racism is more dangerous than COVID. They told us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Racism—that makes total scientific sense, right? Like uh, something that you can't measure, quantify, or scientifically measure is more dangerous than a virus. Okay. Uh, okay, that's why so. I'm like, dude, it, you know Alex Stein 99's, like, origin story or why he's motivated to just go out and do what he does? Uh, not off the top of my head. 
Um, they put his mom in the hospital and gave her remstevir, and they refused to let their son, um, Alex, see his mom. And so he didn't get to say goodbye to his mom, and she died in the hospital of taking these COVID drugs that it turns out she didn't need. And, you know, he, that's sort of like his 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 vengeance story. So that's why, I'm, you know, he doesn't have any fear, and he'll walk into the middle of the thing. I don't have any fear about what's gonna what what they're gonna say about me here. They've already doxxed me. They've called me a racist. They brought up my dead mom. They've made fun of my book sales. There, there's not. Hey, this guy actually wrote a book about cannabis before the word woke was a thing, and he talked about how bad big pharma was. But the first three chapters were about how uh, the laws are all rooted in racism. You know, I'm a racist, but I wrote a book uh, eight years ago about how. America's drug laws are all rooted in racism before the word woke was even a freaking thing. So I'm sick you're the of being... You're the original wokester. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm sick. I've been, been called a racist. They refuse to... I can make an argument that, that, that Teddy Roosevelt Brad is the most impactful journalist of, of the decade in Austin. You know, and, I, and I've been... <laughs> I'm serious. So who's the only person... Tony Plotsky, who what? Somebody sent him the Adler Cabo thing and he won an award. Hey, Tony broke the Cabo story. No, some whistleblower insider sent it to him. And then the Uvalde, somebody sent him the thing. Oh, Tony broke the story. No, somebody sent him the thing. And then Manny Garcia ran it in Google Translate from English to Spanish and he got an award. So it's like, but as far as actually doing research and breaking stories and stuff and saving money, I've been, you know, in like four other states. I haven't even been at been paying attention for half this decade so i just well, said hey man uh, i i gotta run um okay i gotta take uh i gotta take care of my kids but you are thanks you for are breaking off the time impact. you are certainly making an impact and i hope that you continue to make an impact and i look forward to supporting you in that effort brad i appreciate it you're welcome to co-host the podcast steal it from me take over come on anytime you got a great interview um you know, I'd love to, you know, if you have excerpts from, I know you're going to, don't you have a podcast you want to tell some folks uh, about the convention center or Project Connect? Uh, yeah, we got, a con- we, got a con- we got a convention center podcast coming out today with John Reedy of the Tourism uh, Commission Board, uh, or Tourism Commission. I've uh, got one with James Quintero of Texas Public Policy Foundation about the dis- disannexation bills. I have one tomorrow that I'm recording with Brandon Sparks about uh, the Zilker, re, the reimagined Zilker plan, whatever it's called. Uh, I recorded one earlier this week with Alex Stranger, uh, more general stuff. Uh, I got one with Peter Morales, a developer, talking about all the, the different changes that have happened, that are happening to Austin's, uh, development code and South Lamar business district and everything like that. Um, that I'll record next week. So there's a lot going on. Obviously, the best place to keep track of it all is on my Twitter at Brad Swale. And, um, you know, that's an impressive star sided lineup. That's an impressive star sided lineup you got lined up. You're doing a tremendous job, man, with the, with the interviews. And it's just, I think everyone in Austin can agree. We need more people like you who are just, um, um, you know, civically engaged. And it's hilarious how the Vanessa Fuentes of the world want to label anyone who is not a hardcore Democrat as a far right extremist. So I'm just going to take their language and use it against them. Brad, I know you're a busy father, husband, K-pop recording sensation, podcaster, Twitter. 
Be swizzle. So, um, I can't wait to have you back on again. Time just flew by, and we didn't even get to go through the full list of topics. So always a pleasure well, talking we'll to you, it, my friend. We'll do it next time. Thanks, Teddy. Let's do it next week. Uh, we want to have you back Bye. as soon as possible. Sounds good. Brad, Brad, thanks again. Have a wonderful day, brother. You too. Bye.